With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hi, Fergus. Hi, Paul. Hey. It's the last, it's hey, it's the last hey. podcast of the season. It always gets pretty emotional. This stage. A few home truths are going to be, uh, <laughs> I would imagine, by the end of the podcast. Yeah, we've all brought in a game because it's the last day. Yeah. yeah. We're not wearing the normal Natter uniform. We're going to have um, a very hastily put together uh, season awards do. Um, well, I'm glad I'm wearing my tux then. Good, <laughs> yes. It's you you started that. Well, I remember you started doing that when um, Czech Teote was it? Czech? No, it was um, uh, Florian, Florian Tovan. Yeah, wore a tux for um, uh, pre-game, and uh, you you started doing it then, and then you've just done it for every podcast season. Suddenly, you've always worn a tux, Dave. Well, yeah, because I think I bring a I, I of the three of us, I bring the 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 most class. Yeah, so it's, it's so it's up to me. I think, you know, now that now that that's just come up, that from when was that? Four or five years ago, the um, Steve tux, McLaren's season, wasn't it? The tuck situation with Florian Tovan, who went on to become uh, one of the best players in uh, Liga. Mm. Um, I feel like that was what a great injustice was done then. Because it was Mbemba um, and Tovan wore tuxes. For, they, they got told they had to wear a suit before the game. Mm. I think I read up what ended up happening was Chancellor Mbemba went into like a, a shop in town and didn't know like what, like how to, didn't speak enough English, didn't know how to ask for a suit and just ended up with the tux and was like, oh, okay. And then like, Tovan saw that he had a tux and was like, oh, right, okay, well, I'll get a tux. And then they both wore, like, tuxes. And then because we were going through, as is 
common with Newcastle, we would go through a time of crisis and a series of terrible results. The local media and the fans and everyone, and Alan Shearer as well, decided that it was like a disgrace <laughs> and that they were like taking the piss out of football. And they were like, it's they were just taking the piss. Like, they, well, they've been asked to wear a suit. They're wearing a suit. Like, it's just decided, well, the, what the problem with Newcastle United right now is that two players have worn a tux. That's what the problem is. I mean, this is the same one of the one of them. Like, and Bembo is the same player who who thought he was being abducted, kidnapped, didn't he? He thought he was being kidnapped because he got in a cab and he didn't know where he was going. So he was phoning around people saying that he's been kidnapped. It's just because he doesn't know the area and he doesn't know the language. He's also not as young as he says he is. Is that true? Yeah. Ah. How do you know, Dave? I've seen the birth certificate. No, I saw like um. Uh, a forum? T- uh, no, it was like two the the two images of uh, like a passport or like an official document. And it's got two different ages on it, and one of them is it's about four years, you know, prior to the other one. So, oh, well, we'll see. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. He's taking yeah. the piss. I tell you what, wasn't a disgrace, and that was our final game of the season. We won another football match. Unfortunately, yeah. I was un- I was unable to see the game live because I was at my uh, nana's ninetieth birthday party. COVID safe outdoors. Um, but Dave, you did get to see the game. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's a good game. We played well. Um, thought that despite the fact that we had like a much change side because obviously we were missing Wilson and um you the fringe players got some, some more time we didn't wasn't there yeah Joe Linton wasn't on the in the squad I, I still haven't seen is that because of uh, an injury or yeah. just just left that all right fine but yeah we we set up as we often do to to let them have a, a fair amount of the game and then we just took our chances and I tell you what the Willock's goal <laughs> blinding bit it's just it's one. It's not as good as a, a goal as like a Hatem Ben Arthur from the halfway line taking on like three or four players he just seemed to run forwards in a straight line not get tackled at all the ball bobbles in the box and he puts it away but it's just it felt like the sort of goal your brother would score against you on FIFA <laughs> like, that's cheating <laughs> just running like that cheating <laughs> There wasn't much he's, skill, he's but it was amazing. Diff- he's scored a few different kinds of goals now, hasn't he? He's, he's mm. there's a few bits to his game. Paul, did you get to see much of the game? I've only seen the highlights, I'm afraid. But what it doesn't sound like it was the most kind of high-octane game, but then it wouldn't be as against an already relegated Fulham last day of the mm. season. But I think, considering... We started with no strikers. Clean sheet in a 2 0 win. It's not bad going for us. A few clean sheets with Emil Kraft at the back, which you yeah. told me that a few months ago. I'd have called you a liar and I'd have I'd have cut off all ties with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna sort of we can keep talking about the Fulham game if there's much more to say, but I'm gonna sort of bring things in here with a tweet from the Reverend Joe Kinsella. 
He says, uh, has there been a bigger turnaround in an NUF season from seeming, seemingly inevitable disaster to things being pretty much okay? I'm no Bruce fan, but surely there has to be some recognition that he's done a decent job for us to finish 12th. I'm willing to eat a bit of humble pie. Dave, are you willing to eat some humble pie? I am. I'm going to eat some <laughs> humble pie. No. Paul, are you going to eat some humble pie? Yeah, I've got my plate out. I'm ready. Dave, Paul's eating some humble pie. Dave, are you going to eat some humble pie? It depends what you're asking me. Are you asking caveats, me? Caveats, like... caveats. Is this Matt Hancock's <laughs> press briefing today? <laughs> He's, he, Steve Bruce is still a shit football manager that we've ended up in in 12th position on 45 points is is like un like it, it defies a lot of logic like prior to shut up prior to like uh, I think we were like 19 games into the season and we were terrible we were like bottom bottom two bottom three form how many games in a season and, Dave out of interest is it 19 it's 38 but uh, just no, it was 20, tw- sorry, 29, 29 point games into the season. We were in like relegation form in, in most seasons. And then we've ended this, this season on a run of like literally top three, top four form. It's unbelievable the, 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 the turnaround. Do I think that's all down to Steve Bruce? Some, some yeah, was that the question? I'm not, I'm not, did, I'm not. Did I say, is it all down to Steve Bruce? Okay. Yeah. Did I'm I gonna, say, is it am I going to eat humble pie? Humble no. Pie. No, because I'm still right. He's still not a good manager. I believe that we were at a stage, and I will admit, I was. I be, eventually became very critical of Steve Bruce. I don't think I went anywhere near, near as far as you, and and I. But I believe that we were at a stage where you were your contention, your regular contention, was that if we were to take anyone, any qualified coach in the whole of football that they would be a better manager than Steve Bruce. Do you stand by that? I think at the time... <laughs> no, I don't stand by that, because, like, John Carver... Well, that's all right. Is that a bit of humble pie? Is that a little bit of humble pie, then? No, no. it's not. Now, he's still shit, and he's, he's still, like, next season, if he's still in charge and and all those things, I'd still put us as among the favourites to to be relegated. So Reverend Joe Kinsella said, "I'm no Bruce fan." He's no Bruce fan, right? So it's not it's not either Bruce. I accept that I was wrong when I said he was a shit manager, and Bruce is now brilliant. That's not the question. The question is that it's not all binary. The question is, are you willing to eat? Uh, eat a little bit of humble pie, Dave. No, because I'm still right. I think you look at the praise that has been heaped on some managers this season, whether it's Sean Dyche, Graham Potter, Ralph Harsenhutl, even Scott Parker, and we've finished above all of them with a team that's not necessarily leagues above. I think... If you don't credit the manager for that, then what can you do? We've had some abysmal performances as well, but if you'd said at the start of this season, 12th and a cup quarter final, you would have said that is a good season. I think you can split the season into it, it is a it's a weird thing, but that is like football, right? Because it's to, to to finish 
where we have finished in the table, you have to have had like some good parts of the season and some bad parts of the season. I, if, if I was to split our season into three thirds, I would say that the first third of the season was patchy, contained some good performances and some bad performances, some very bad performances, but some mm. pretty good performances. The middle third of the season was appalling. Yeah. And the final third of the season was very good. Um, I would uh, say... Yeah, I, I, I understand that. I don't think the, the thirds are equal because we went on a run of two wins in 21. That's, which is awful. But as you've just which, said, our form right now is... top. It's genuinely, it's like Champions League form. It's unbelievable right. well, form. Well, that's as good as we were bad, isn't it? You, uh, no, because no, because the because the number of games that we played in our bad form, there were more games. It was twenty-one right. games fair without enough. a win. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. You know what I mean, You're right? And so I still I still stick by the fact that that um, for all that we ended up in forty-five points, twelfth quarterfinal. My position on Steve Bruce has not changed. He's still not a very good manager. And I still think that we'd be better off with another manager in in his place. Um, I think if we brought in another unproven manager and they got 12th and a cup quarter final, we'd be saying that like, this is the sort of manager we've needed. But you, you can't... I Well, I can't... Uh, I can't look at this season as where Ejected. we ended up. <laughs> I can't. I can't say, "Oh well, we ended up twelfth, therefore we were." That's that's a twelfth finish season because twelfth is misleading because we could easily have been seventeenth, but for different yeah. results at the end. We spent we we spent more more time in seventeenth position than any other league position this season. That's that's where I see our season being around about 17th and that this we ended up 12th is, is mental I'll, I'll admit to like um copying this from somewhere else i've heard they weren't talking about newcastle they were just talking about football on football weekly like a week ago or something about how there's this thing with football where people will talk about what the season was and then the last few games they'll say oh well they had an awful season but then they pulled it around at the end or they they were doing really well, but then in the last few games they fell off. But they were unlucky because they had a great season. Whereas people forget that the season is 38 games and all of the games in that season count for that season. So, yes, we were like 17th for most of the season. Mm. But we didn't finish in 17th because over the course of the season, our results didn't... But then yeah, Everton, the league, the league table doesn't lie. Well, the, the Everton spent one day, like finished one day in the tenth position, and it was the final day. It, right, so they were the te- so they would, yeah. So but were they the tenth best team? But Dave, if you look at Leicester, they were in the Champions League places up until like the last weekend. Leicester fans aren't going to be saying, "Well, really, we're in the Champions League places, though, so we're happy with that." No, but then, but then that you're, it's a thirty-eight you're game season, but. You're talking about um, like uh, definite positions that that provide or like um, 
result in something. I'm loving to see where this goes. Definite positions versus... Well, because... Definite... I was trying to think of a... So, essentially, the relegated teams aren't going to... Like, like Fulham and and, and the rest of them aren't going to say, well, if they had, well, we spent most of our our season outside of the bottom three, but we went down at the end of it because it's relegation, because that's the only day that matters for those for those positions. Similarly, the title, if Man City had spent one day in first position and that was the, the the final day of the season, they win the league. So it's a title winner thing. So for those like those positions which which be, <laughs> they arbitrarily give you something at the end of it, like almost right. after the season. Yeah. Well like I don't understand they're not gonna, why hang on where I'm going. Where hang on. I'm lost. I don't know how you can speak okay. with the humble pie in your mouth. <laughs> So Leicester fans will say this was a good season. They can't say it was a Champions League season because they're not in the Champions League. Right. We can say so, we so can this- we can say, we can say that this has been a shit season, but we somehow ended up in twelfth. If we've been, it does. Of course, it no, does. You, you know how you we somehow ended up in twelfth? Why you've like your whole preamble was like, and this is why what I'm about to say is bollocks. <laughs> the way we somehow ended made up in the case against yourself by finishing the above other teams, like by being better over the course of a season than but any do, other teams. But we don't, we don't win a trophy for twelfth. We don't get into a competition for twelfth. We are not relegated because we're in twelfth. Twelfth is is one Why of those. Why does that make a difference? It yeah. makes a difference. Still because ranked twelfth because you can say like, if it did afford us a Europa League spot or whatever, you could say. Oh, it must have been a good season because we got into the Europa League. Like we we achieved something. We were we were um, rewarded with something. But all we did yeah, was I finish twelfth on the final. It does because had we finished seventeenth, which up to the final day of the season was was more than possible. Had we finished seventeenth, the conversation that we we three would be having is like it was a shit season, but at least we stayed up. But we didn't but because of but because of some quirk of the fixture list and some quirk of the teams involved needing something to play for at, on that final day, we end up in 12th. We were not the 12th best team in that league. We were okay. not. We were not. Fundamentally weren't. In in performance, we were not. How else, we deserve- if you were trying to find between mm-hmm. 20 teams, if you were trying to find a way to rank them to find who was best 1 to 20... I would say playing each other twice over the course of a season is probably as good a way of doing that as possible. And by it's, that it's a, measure, we were the 12th best team. I don't think you can... It might have been tight, but we still... I don't think you can say we finished 12th, but we had a lot of bad performances, so we weren't the 12th best team. The league position doesn't lie. The league position can, can lie about a lot of things. It can lie about who who deserves to be where they are. It, all it does is record that, that, like in that season, that team on the final day was in that it was twelfth in the rank of teams. That's, that's the, all. That's, it, the that's all it does. But the the point of the season where it's mo- the snapshot of the table that will give you the 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 most reflective of the truth reality if that is a good sentence is the table on the last day of the season yeah because that is the table when every team has played each other twice 
So there is no other table that will give you a better picture of over the course of that season how that team did. But we can Do go you, around. I think yeah, as well, yeah. you could be a delusional Newcastle fan and say, if you take COVID out of the equation, we would have finished top 10. So the league is not a fair reflection because we should yeah, this be would be. This would be I don't think that's true because the league doesn't lie. But that would be that would be a point that I would make. And I'm, this is the thing. It's, it's not binary. I'm not like some big Steve Bruce uh, champion here. But like looking at it in the round, we a lot of teams have had injuries and stuff. But we have had in this season... Uh, uh, Callum Wilson injured for a large part of the season. We've had St. Maximin injured uh, and with long COVID for a pretty large part of the season. Almiron, we had the squad down with COVID, so quite a few players missing. We had, had our Isaac keeper out Hayden half the out. season. Say that again? Had our keeper out half the season. Had our keeper out for most of the season. We had Isaac Hayden out for the last third of the season. I know every team gets injuries, but we've had some pretty major players injured for a lot of the season. And we finished, not only did we finish 12, we finished uh, 45 points, which is most seasons would not have you finish in 17th. It would have no. you finish, uh, it would have you finish somewhere around 12th, I would say, 45 points. We finished 17 points above relegation. This doesn't make Steve Bruce a brilliant manager. It just, it's not a very good case for Steve Bruce being a shit manager. And like for the last two seasons, when it comes down to it, at the end of the season, for like, if Newcastle fans are going to like for the whole season go on and on and on about how he's terrible, then like I think some fucking humble pie should be eaten. When at the end of the season, that's where we're at. I don't think we should like there should be we should be throwing him a parade or like, you know, fans are entitled to have like illogical positions. That's <clears> kind <throat> of what being a football fan is about. But like, my 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 position on Steve Bruce hasn't changed. I still don't think he's a good manager, and I still think that we'll be in relegation favourites next season. This is the thing, it's every them. fucking season it's the same. We have to listen to people like you tell us how we're going to get relegated all season. Oh. If people say, we're definitely going down, we're definitely going down, you have to listen to it all season, then we finish 12 and, and they don't say a fucking word. I'm saying it right now. Another season under Bruce, we will be relegated among Dave, the relegation you're favourites. You're a man who goes on about stats all the time. You have quite mm-hmm. a large data set of Newcastle games under Steve Bruce. And over two mm-hmm. seasons now, we've finished same position and essentially same points both times. I don't know what you would look at the trends from that and go, we're definitely going to get relegated or we'll be favourites for relegation. We would be favourites um, for relegation. Among looking, the favourites for I, I, relegation. I Right, and I think we would be if you looked at our wage budget as well, right? No. If you didn't know who the manager was, we would not be among the favourites. We would not be in... Are we not in the bottom six clubs in terms of wage budget? I think we're about 14th. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe 14th then, yeah. 
So we finished above our wage budget, which is not bad. But okay, maybe we're not. Maybe we're not a relegation candidate. Wage budget. Fair enough. So you you talk about stats and the stats that I like pick. looking at. No, like looking at are I'm chances created, <laughs> chances created, are defensive actions, are tackles, interceptions. Like I look at the performance stats, and performance stats prove that up until around about the Brighton game, we were bottom. We were 20th in all those things. And yet we were still getting results somehow. So you're choosing now, to ignore the big tranche of recent stats that contradict it? No, because there's something that happened. Graham Jones, of course. Who's now being called <laughs> up by the England squad. I, know. I mean, apparently, yeah. Have you not seen this? He's, yeah, he's yeah. been called up to the England squad. Yeah. All right. Okay. First since so Michael Owen. Good. To be a Newcastle player selected for England or Newcastle staff. England, yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, you're not going to change my mind on Steve Bruce. I still think you're shit. I still think the bookies will probably have us as as among the favourites to go down next season. And so will I. Okay. It's a a weird commitment to stick with. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to see how you... I mean, it's just... We're just stuck in this fucking... But you would very rarely look at any team in the league that has their best form in the last third of the season and think they're going down. It's normally, normally you look at it the other way. Whoever dive bombs at the end of a season, that's where you think they're the ones in trouble. I think mm. losing Joe that. Willock is a big part of why we might perform worse next season, but we don't know who we'll have in. And we and we might still get Joe Willigan. Yeah, uh, I've seen stuff that they're they're talking about a twenty to twenty five million pound. If that's where the conversation starts, then we might be able to get him. But if we try and lowball it and go in at ten or fifteen, they just won't answer the phone. I've heard that apparently amongst Arsenal fans, I, I think apparently it wouldn't be that big a sell for them to to sell Joe Willock. If you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Apparently, supposedly, Arsenal fans wouldn't be that bothered because the way they see it is it never really worked out for him at Arsenal and they're probably going to get a really good price for him compared to what they think they might otherwise get. And mm. and, and they want to get that o- Odegaard. Um, yeah. And, 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 so they need- and I, you know, he's had an amazing end of the season, but I, I don't know if I would say that Joe Willock is a top four player, and that is supposedly what Arsenal want to be as a top four club. He's not going to be so, a starter at Arsenal, I guess. So I think if he stays at Arsenal, I would say there's still a world where we get him in a season's time for 10 or 15 million because he'll just be languishing in, in and out the bench like he was carry, before. You just want it to carry on, though, don't you? Now that he's like part of our squad. Yeah. We, particularly if we knew we could get, if we knew we had him. Early on in preseason, then you could you could build a starting lineup with not around mm-hmm. him, but with him as a central part of it. I mean, you could definitely have have an like a season long loan with either an option or an obligation to buy at the end of it. I think that could work out for both parties, um, like uh, as in ourselves and Joe Willick. It doesn't really benefit Arsenal, who probably want the cash now. Mm. If we were to get him. 
then surely that's the end for Matty Longstaff, at least. I think yeah. he'll be on the way out anyway. Yeah. I just, I, I can't see a world in which he gets ahead of Shelby, Hayden, whomever we bring in, be it Willock or, or whatever. I can't see him. Sean Longstaff, his brother. It's going to be very Longstaff. hard to dislodge Jeff Hendrick from the starting line. <laughs> Well, Honestly, um, if somebody came in for two and a half million for him, or like yes, one million, yes, or like, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Jeff Hendrick, uh, we do have our season awards <laughs> coming up. So, um, should we have a, a quick break and then we'll um, rattle through our awards? I'm sure Sounds good. There'll be room for yeah. some more humble pie. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back. You were pleased to know we managed to carry on uh, the debate slash argument a little bit off air. No progress was made. We're all still very much in our... <laughs> in our trenches. In our trenches. Tried to bring up the fact that um, Joe Willock had been very complimentary about Steve Bruce on Instagram. Maybe that was going to be... Might be something that will bring uh, Joe Willock to our club. Steve Bruce said that Bruce... Uh, Dave said that Steve Bruce is a good man manager, but apparently doesn't count towards qualities as a manager. Is that right? I think that some players like him. Doesn't necessarily mean he's, you know, going to get the best out of them. I used to really like substitute teachers. They didn't work any harder. Probably performed worse. Used to hate Mr. Dinsdale, but got me an A-level in chemistry when I was... You know, a lazy shitbag got me there. Okay, well, there you go. He got you there. Um, Mr. Dinsdale, who I hated, but, you know, because he was strict. Okay. All right. Simon Donald, formerly uh, um, Newcastle Nat, a regular, uh, has just got in touch on Twitter to say the most memorable thing this season, apart from Willock's amazing form, has been seeing that Joe Linton really is every bit as shit as we all thought he was. Uh, which brings us on to the awards. Um, there's been a little stuff on Twitter about this. Teague says, goal of the season, for him it has to be Kraft versus Man City. <laughs> I, I mean, 
player of the season. I'll just read these out. And oh, yeah, yeah. You got our, uh, opinions. Um, player of the season, he's gone for Debrafka, Wilson or Willock. Best result, he's gone for the win against Leicester. Realistic dream summer signing, he's asking maybe. Um, he thanks us uh, for what we've done this season. And he says, and thank you, Graham Jones. He also says, for a bit of balance and in support of you, Dave, he says the season was underwhelming, as per usual, under the Ashley regime. Shocked we finished as high as 12th. Flatters Bruce. The players and Graham Jones deserve all the credit in terms of results. Praying for the takeover that will inevitably be blocked by the Premier League again. Okay, so there's your balance. Um, fair enough. Uh, let's do our awards for the season. Let's go in with a big one. Um, player of the season. Um, Paul, do you want to? You can. You can talk. It's hard. It's hard to look beyond Callum Wilson or St. Maximin or arguably Willock for the impact he had. I think for me it has to be Callum Wilson. A goal, slightly more than a goal every two games, which if he'd been fully fit for a season, you're looking at pretty much 20 goals a season. We've not had that for quite a while. And just transform made us able to kind of flat track bully some of the smaller teams in a way we've not in previous seasons I think it makes quite a massive difference but then there's the argument St Maximin is the one we miss the most when he's out but I'd say Callum Wilson edges it for me Callum Wilson mm. Dave well because I was thinking about I think it's got to be Willock I think honestly I think that I Darlow and Dubravka pulled off some amazing saves and kept us in games that we could comfortably have been battered if it wasn't for them. I think Darlow went on a string of like three or four games in a row where he he made over 10 saves in each game. Um, the defence has been shuffled and changed so much that there's not really anybody that you can pick from the defence. So Wilson and St Maximum both missed loads of the games um, early, early, like in the, in the season and yes they were important um when they returned but i think joe willick seven goals in the last seven games um changed the way that we played provided that which we were missing and even in wilson's absence and in uh, st maximum's absence he still performed and he's i, I, I would say I, I totally take on what paul's saying like callum wilson is is probably the best striker that we've had since Denver Bar. But I would say that for me, Joe Willock changed the season and he he's mostly, the re- in my head, he's the big, big reason why we finished 12th. Uh, okay. I would, I'll go for, for the first third of the season, I'd say Callum Wilson, certainly. And uh, he should have had a much better season if he'd have been fit for more of it I'd say Joe Willock for the last third of the season without a doubt I'd say for the first half of the season Carl, Carl Darlow he's sort of been forgotten now because he's mm-hmm. still not our first choice keeper but I thought he was absolutely unbelievable for us I was going to say St Maximin because even though, I mean, he must have played more than Joe Willock. But 
he's just so by far our best player and makes such a we're so much better when he's on form. His influence on games, I would say, is more than Wilson and Willock in terms of what what he does to the shape of other teams. Yeah, he's our I best think, player, but I've actually talked myself into not because I'm just trying to be a hipster. I actually talked myself into Carl Darlow because I think he was consistently good for played. He was probably our player of the match more than, I mean, that says something about our season, but he was probably our player of the match more than any other, for more games than any other player. Yeah, yeah. makes sense to me. I think the tricky thing with Darlow, though, is you notice him more because his strengths are kind of saving, but his his management of the back line isn't as good. His command of the defence isn't as good as Dubravka's. I think there was okay. it was noticeable when Dubravka came in that we looked slightly more assured. Mm. Goal of the season. I'm trying to remember a particular... The maximum against Burnley is the one that's... Oh, yeah. Or the Leicester one where everyone touched the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say the maximum against Burnley. Definitely. I did like um, the Willett goal. Oh, fuck. Who was it against? Um, where St. Maximum plays it th- like round the corner for Murphy. Oh, Murphy. Yeah. Oh, who was that? It was like two or three games ago. Was it Sheffield? I think it was Sheffield remember, United. But... Yeah, it was. It, that that wasn't so much like a, a brilliant bit of skill or an excellent finish or anything. It was just a lovely a lovely bit of build-up play and then then that cutback. Um, but yeah, St. Maximum's against Burnley was reminiscent of Ben Arthur's against Bolton. Yeah. Another one I really enjoyed was Paul Dummett's the other week, just because... <laughs> yeah, first in five years. Yeah. Going back, I'm just looking through our games of the season because, of course, you forget the first half of the season. But... Um, there was a good Jacob Murphy free kick that got us the equaliser against Wolves in the 89th oh, yeah, yeah. minute. I remember that. I do remember quite a good Joe Linton goal in our all-time greatest away victory against Morecambe. <laughs> <laughs> the 7-0 against Morecambe. It was one like, really quite good. That cup Joe campaign Linton. feels a bit like a fever dream. I think because it was in such an odd part of lockdown and we were buying games to watch on like a stream oh, yeah. it feels really odd again look at those like clubs like newport county yeah yeah it felt very much like a priest it feels now like it was a pre-season friendly that we had yeah. to subscribe to a weird service for four weeks yeah game of the season leicester 4-2 that's yeah, certainly the result. Of so much, so much was riding on that, and not only did we um, comfortably win, uh, but we we played some really good stuff, and we and it was against really good opposition. And you know the the players that scored the goals were like it was Wilson at, at the double, it was Willick, and yeah, Paul Dummett getting the first in five years, just different types of goals. 
good. It was just all round performance was good. I'll tell you the game of the season that might have been the most sort of enthralling watch, the one that got me on the edge of my seat the most, was the Southampton 3-2 game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we went down to like nine men. We went down to ten men. Oh, we went, yeah, we did yeah, go down we to down nine to men. Nine. A player went off with injury as well, didn't they? Mm. So we were we we were two nil up, then it was two one, then we got it to three one, and then everything sort of turned and they got it to three two and then we had a player sent off, who was of course was Jeff Hendricks, so you know half a player sent off. We had a we had a Strava run interrupt, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then I think it was the last sort of twenty five minutes we were with nine men, and I, I thought it was a brilliant performance to hold on for the three points because I really did not think we were going to, and I found that very exciting. Like we got ourselves in the shit, but we managed to get mm. ourselves out of it. Similar but different to the West Ham game that we that we won three two as well. Right, I'm trying to remember that one. Yeah, did we were we three nil up in that game? Yeah, and I think I think they had a man sent off fairly early. Two nil up in that game. I think we're two nil up. Oh yeah, because they brought it back to. And then Joe Willock scored in like the 94th yeah. minute or something. Yeah. That's right, yeah. They got it back to 2-2. Hmm. I think as well, doing the double over West Ham and Everton felt, hmm. felt unlike us. Okay. Um, let's go for signing of the season. Dave? I tempted to go Willock again, but I think it has to be it has to be Emil Crap. No, it has to be um, Callum Wilson because he's an actual signer. Because he's because yeah, I mean, you could say that Willock was the sort of deal of the season, maybe. And and you look at the other the other transfers that were made in the summer, and it was Kraft, Fraser, and Lewis, and Hendrick. and it's only Wilson and Hendrick. So yeah, I try. Uh, it's only really Wilson that made any kind of positive impact on the side. I mean, to be fair, Kraft, uh, towards the end of the season, Kraft looked like he was, you know, not the car well, crash that Kraft we thought. Wasn't resi- well, Kraft wasn't signed this summer, was he? Last summer? No, you're right. He was last. He was last. Cause, yeah, yeah, sorry. So, um, I apologise. That's all right. Please. Um, we, all, we all make mistakes. <laughs> Steve Bruce makes mistakes. But in the end... <laughs> Um, so, I mean, here's a harder choice to make. Who was our worst signing of the season? In some ways, Hendrick seems nailed on for that. In terms of most yeah. disappointing, I think Ryan Fraser and Jamal Lewis were more disappointing. I mean, Hendrick at least got some goals as well. Fraser yeah, I would say- might be good, but actually in terms of end product goals and assists and everything did he get anything he got a couple of assists and I think he scored in the cup run but the the thing that bothers me about 
Lewis is that he looks he doesn't look anything like the 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 big prospect that we were told that he was that he could be whereas Ryan Fraser arguably through no fault of his own has just missed loads of the fucking season um yeah. Hendrick Hendrick was a free transfer who's a bit shit so I'd say it's Lewis which is a shame and I'm not saying that he there's not a good player in there I just this season Jamal Lewis hasn't done anything to make me think he's he's Premier League quality. Hendrick, none of us were excited about. We were a bit like, oh, that could be helpful. And then I think we were all nonplussed as to how he ended up playing so many minutes over the course of the season. I think Hendrick's done more damage in a way. Say that again, sorry? I think Hendrick's done more damage in a way because he's kept better prospects out of the team. Like both Longstaffs couldn't get in the team for a long time because of him. I don't think Lewis yeah. is really keeping anyone out or Fraser. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Lewis, I mean, that is down to a choice, isn't it, in terms of selection? It's not Hendricks' fault that he was selected so much. Who's, um, who, whose fault was it? Steve so, Bruce's fault, <laughs> who, who I admit is neither a brilliant manager or a shit manager because there is somewhere in between. Okay, um, Jamal Lewis. Um, so uh, Jamal Lewis, understandably, played at left back for the first half of the season, but did so bad that he played himself out, and that's when Richie came in, and that was probably a big part in us. Richie coming back into the side was probably. A big part in us improving as a side. Jamal Lewis, yes, he might turn it around, but we were pretty excited about him. Mm. And uh, he's not really done much at all. It's certainly the biggest disappointment. Yeah. Um, most improved player? <sighs> Carl Darlow, I think. Carl Darlow. Yeah. He seemed like okay. a bit of a liability before. Um. Might be a weird one, and I accept it. Joel, Joel Linton. I think it's a, it's a case. Sam and Donald will clearly disagree. Because the bar was set so low for him <laughs> at the beginning of the season that he didn't accidentally kill a man on the football pitch. It means he's done okay. I, I think, to be honest, in this new system... There's there's more likelihood that he's going to be a useful footballer for us in the Premier League. I don't think he's I don't think he's particularly good, but I just think that he's he is the most improved because last season, fuck me, he was terrible. But then he was being played in a bad system with I no support. Can, I think we need to readjust our thinking on him now. Forget the price tag, forget the, everything that's gone before, and just rethink him as Shola Amiobi. Yeah. I yeah, think, I, I think that's harsh on Shola. But... Maybe. Sure. Like latter-day Shola Amiobi. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe like as, as, a, as a useful squad player. Mm-hmm who will provide you with the odd moment. But yes, I mean, if he does turn into Shola Amiobi, then 
he's he's done far better than seems likely. But you know, a useful squad player and our number nine record signing by some distance. <laughs> I think the other one in the improved list, Jacob Murphy, I think. That was going to be my bet. Because Jacob Murphy, a year or two ago, just looked like a terrified Muppet. Looks like Jamal Lewis does now. Yeah. Right, yeah. And and now, uh, I mean, I'll admit that maybe in that, dreadful period because he showed flashes of something I attributed to him more talent than he has but um, you know because when when St. Maximin came back and Almiron came into form you, you can see that he, he, he's nowhere near that standard but he he has been pretty good for us this season I think certainly compared with what he's done before and scored some important goals and provided assists and provides a balance that no other of our like right-sided defenders do because he's better going forward to Mankio and in this five at the back he doesn't have to be as good a defender as, as Mankio so he's, just I think a handy, he's a handy, handy player to have isn't he in the sense that he can play a few positions he's a bit like, he's a bit like Richie. Yeah, in, in that sense. He's not as mental as Richie, but he's a bit like Richie. Cool. Um, any more awards that we should be throwing out? Any more that you want to give? Okay. Um, Dave, you've got a, a life after love, I, I believe. Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh for anyone uh, new to the podcast or for anyone who's been living under a rock for the last year, um, Unlikely. we've introduced this, this season, perhaps the highlight of this season has been the discovery of the game that's sweeping the nation and that is Life After Love. I really need to find a short, succinct way of uh, explaining the rules. Paul, do you want to do that? Uh, Dave names the club's that a Newcastle player has moved on to after their Newcastle career, and we have to guess who it is. Okay. Do you believe in life after love? All right, Dave, here we go. You got one for us? Annika Strava. Annika Strava? That sounds like a TV presenter, but it's not. <laughs> it totally does. That's like... Harris Vukic? Panic. No. I don't know. I think what country is Annika Strava? Bannock. B. Yeah, Bannock. Bannock Strava. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help me. Silvio Marich. No. Am I allowed Sheffield another guess? Sheffield Wednesday. No, I've moved on to the next club, which is Sheffield Wednesday. Tamuri Ketsbaya. No. Is this Premier League era? Yes. These are all going to be Premier League era, right? Okay. Yes. Okay. Sheffield Wednesday. Banneker Strava, Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, I don't know what it is. No. 
Paul? I've already had a guess. Uh, Brescia. I feel like zero fucking chance that either of us is going to get this fucking player. You'll oh, kick yourselves. Ashraf Lazar? No, yeah. but I like your idea. Anything, Fergus? I could just name a footballer, but... Uh, I don't know. Riviere? No, Casenza. Never heard of it. The thing is, it's going to get more recognisable as I go along. Are some of these loan spells? No, these are all permanent. Uh, yeah, these are all permanent moves. Oh, so he went wow. Banneker Strava, Sheffield Wednesday, Brescia, Cosenza, and then Portsmouth. Loire Loire? No. Thorne Le Bear? No. West Ham? Amdi Fay. No. Shaka Hislop. No, but Biramar. I don't know where Pavel it is. Pavel Cernicek. Yes, it is. Oh, that was going to be my next guest. It was David Shaka Hislop. The club after Biramar? Newcastle United. Oh, he came back, didn't he? Okay. Yeah, that was, that was fair enough. It took you in a direction where you could have got it. That was fair enough. He was one of the few players to find love after love by coming back. <laughs> yes. Right. Next one. Okay. Yep. Cool. VFL Wolfsburg. Mm. Uh, got to come up with a guess, and I let's just come up with a guess. I'm gonna go for uh, no one's saying anything. Younger and B. I'm gonna I'm gonna count you. Yangram Bewitt? No. That'll do. That's fine. That's a guess. I won't. Okay. After Wolfsburg, it's Ruben Kazan. I'm going to start giving you only 15 yeah. seconds. Yeah, just keep on. Just keep on. Marriage. No. Levant, uh, Birmingham City. Ooh. Martins? Yes. Obafemi Martins. Well done. Paul is streaking into the league. Nice bit of symmetry. He played 88 games for Inter Milan before he signed for us. And then he played 88 and scored 28 goals. And he's played for us 88 games and scored 28 goals. Nice. And just to nice check, bit of in, terms of, in terms of this game, if, if Paul's winning now, does that mean he's won? Or do we wait until the end to see what the position is in terms of scores <laughs> at the end of the game <laughs> or is now what is the point of the game when when well we you you, you can't win. win fergus at all um okay. so we'll we'll keep going because i'm enjoying it but at the end of the season you you're a loser so after newcastle united he moved to hull 
Um, ben Arthur. No. Uh, oh, uh, pass. After Holly moved to Port Vale. Mm. Andy Paul Griffin. Huntington. Andy Griffin. Yeah. No. Yeah. What did you say, Fergus? Paul Huntington. No. After Port Vale, he moved to Port Vale. Okay. After Port Vale, he moved to Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> David Port Vale. No. Paul? Port Vale to Port Vale? Yeah. I don't know. Essentially, his contract ended. He went on trial somewhere else and then decided against it and moved back to Port Vale, who gave him a Wayne short-term Quinn? contract. Not Alan no. Shearer, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Papi then he moved to ATK, who I've never heard of, but I presume they're Greek. Um, Dabizas? No, the Indian Indian Super League, I'm afraid. Oh, not Nikos Dabizas then? No. And after ATK, Fleetwood Town, where he joined up with Joey Barton. Michael Chopra? No. I don't know. I don't know. Final one is Colne, C-O-L-N-E. Yeah, Colne. Yeah. Uh, this, might, this might be a, this might be a blank. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's some like random defender. I think he sounds Irish. It is a defender. He's not Irish. I Craig don't think Moore. he's Irish. Like no, the, no. If he played for Joey Barton, he's relatively recent he's a defender. Probably wasn't very often in the start. Oh, 11. I think I'm. I tell you what, who did we sign him from? And I think you'll immediately get it from this Wigan. Ryan Taylor. There you go. Oh. Dear me. That's all right. That two one. We can do a third if you a fourth no, if you no, like. No, it's fine. It's fine. Right. Yeah, go, go on then. Go on then. <laughs> For the people playing at home, laugh after love. For the kids. Who are lucky enough to be right. up late enough for one more game. After Newcastle, it's next permanent move. Portland Timbers. Oh Martins. No. Martins. We've already had Martins. Oh, yeah. You dick. Who went to Portland? Can you let me finish up saying Martin's here. Bye, Martin. See you later. <laughs> Martin's Odegaard. Mm, after Portland Timbers, he moved to Ipswich Town. Darren Ambrose. Oh, um... No. No, it's not Darren Huckabee, is it? After Ipswich, he moved to Peterborough United. Luar Luar? Nope. Go on. on. After Peterborough, he went to Wellington Phoenix. Uh, 
This guy made 268 Steven appearances Taylor. for New- It is Stephen oh. Taylor. Boom. There you go. But it doesn't matter because I, I started better. So I've st- even though it's a draw, I've won. I think we've learned anything. I think so, because you didn't get any you didn't need any clues to get your wins. So uh-huh. Fergus's last two they don't count for as much, do they? It doesn't mean very much to me. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> but I'll tell you something that does mean a lot to me. And that is my Newcastle Nutter brethren. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird though, because you seem to hate them. Of course I don't. Sibling rivalry, isn't it? So, yeah. um, what a. Oh, we've what never a year mentioned that been. we're all brothers, have we? No. <laughs> that came up. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a weird season. names of our wives. It's the biggest gap between 17th and 18th in Premier League history. It is not that we were, ru- we were quite worried about Fulham catching us. I think there's, I've heard or read somewhere since that Brighton game. I think Fulham picked up one or two more points and that was it. Yeah. Well, because we were two points clear of them uh, after the Brighton game. And then we're now like, was it 17 points? Yeah. We were closer to, let me just add this up. We We were as close in terms of points. We were as close to Tottenham in seventh as we were to Fulham in 18th. That's crazy. Um, I saw Mark, would you give the, the season, would you say? Um, like a C, C minus? It's like par for the course. It's, it's, it's what yeah. I expect under Ashley. A lot of shit, and then we stay up, or we don't. Not a lot to, you know. It's hard to say, isn't it? Because I mean, for everything I say, it is basically a standard Ashley season. Mm. It's a variant on it, you know. Well, you look at the last four seasons, and we finished with either forty-four or forty-five points, and we finished somewhere between tenth and fifteenth. I think it's it's like it's pretty standard. I don't think we've been as um, as uh, close to the bottom three as we have been this season, but like, yeah. Well, there's less than a minute left on the Zoom, so we've got to finish there. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much. It's good to finish on a positive note. Thank you very much for everything, Dave Watson. <laughs> Thanks, Fergus. We're not selling thank- us now. It's maximum. Thank- Thank you, Paul Doolan. Thank you. Thank you to you, the Newcastle Natalister. Goodbye. And thank you to Graham Jones, of course. Graham Jones. Thank you, Graham Jones. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.